Hello, welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Paul Becker. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Paul, how you doing? Good morning, Paul. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing fantastic. Um, Upon your advice, um, already adding value to the show, um, I finally, after, I think this is our 81st episode, um, I actually have the microphone positioned correctly. So thank (laughs) you. Thank you. So I think people out there will hear a notable difference, um, not only in the way that it's positioned, uh, but um, Paul, you helped me attach the filter that's been sitting on my desk for two years now. Uh, since I got the microphone, <laughs> so thank you, uh, much That's appreciated. Uh, so this is this is great. I think this is our first episode officially with you co-hosting officially that we don't have a guest. That's so this is true. cool. Yeah, this is very cool. So this is kind of a comfortable kind of, and we probably should have hit the record uh, twenty minutes ago because we've already been. Going back and forth for twenty minutes here, so true, <laughs> which true. is great. We we tend to do that every time, but it's good stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, today's topic: we're going to focus on New Year's resolutions. We're still in January, so we're going to take advantage of the month. Uh, what resolutions work best for you, and how do you accomplish sticking to them? But first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. <laughs> The first news story is in the New York Times, uh, and the title is The Man Who Turned Credit Card Points Into an Empire. Um, The reason why I picked this story, my wife uh, will send me links every so often when she sees an interesting financial dad's related story. So thanks, Shell, for the story. So I I tend to use those right in the podcast when she sends them because she usually has a good eye for picking good stories. And this one's no different. It talks about Brian Kelly, the points guy, how he created an empire dedicated to maximizing credit card rewards and airline miles. And the big question, are they worth it in the global pandemic? Um, And are they worth it at all? So my take on this story, Paul, was, um, and it's somewhat related to the topic today, I guess, in a weird way, but um, in terms of the savings and and kind of maybe a a New Year's resolution around, you know, savings and stuff like that. This could be no different saving your airline points or your credit card points for a rainy day. Um, My background is I have a big inventory of them. I wasn't a big fan of them, but until COVID struck, I was doing a lot of traveling for business. So I was accumulating them like crazy. Like they were just flying onto my account every month. So I was stockpiling them. And then all of a sudden everything stopped. And I think my adding to that stockpile has been less, but I don't typically factor them into my financial picture. Um, I sort of use them, and I haven't used them for travel, which is interesting. I've used them to pay my mortgage off. I've used them for predominantly gift cards for restaurants. That's how I've been using them. So I don't rely on them, but they're a nice to have, and I probably am guilty of not spending them fast enough. But um, that's kind of my personal take on it. But when I read through the story, um, it, if, it, it, I guess the indication is that, you know, um, you know, it talks about how he built this, this business from the ground up and, and the background of that. And it's an interesting read. Uh, but more importantly, when it comes to credit card miles and such right now, it seems that people are, are, st- are storing them for a rainy day. And that's a good thing. So people can save them, don't spend them. And when the COVID era ends at some point, you could spend them. So I, I probably overspoke there. Uh, Paul, what's your take on this story? So, um, you know, I, I do some traveling, uh, not nearly as much as you were. Um, so I had some points, but I, I'm never, I wasn't really a, a great uh, believer in the points. I always looked at, you know, and sure, if I'm flying and I'm going to sign up or, or use those points and, and get them and accumulate them. And I've let many expire over time. To your um, to your comment about using them for gift cards and such, I, I did something similar. I was staying um, in a lot of hotels, and I started staying at the same hotel, so I had a lot. And I was actually able to redeem those hotel points to uh, and use them as cash value on Amazon. So I know not this year, but last year I did that. 
for purchasing, and I say last year, I mean end of 2019, sorry, not 2020. I use them for holiday presents and things like that. So that's one of the things. Well, one, one thing that I think ties really closely to us for the New Year's resolution is he brings up a great point, and that is the no debit cards. Now, debit cards are great. They're a, a tool. And that's what I like to talk about here, some of the tools you have at your disposal. Now, why he says no debit cards is because there's no points. And he's right. You don't get points with a debit card. It's direct cash out of your account. But, again, we have to remember you have to be fiscally responsible if you're using a credit card. And, you know, you, you don't want to just build up debt, right? That, that defeats the purpose. So if you're using them, then that's... Um, and paying them off, that's the way to go. And I do have one more thing on that. I I wrote down some notes on this article, Paul. Mm -hmm. So I had no debit cards, know your points. So, and there are two things to that, knowing your points. And it's slightly different than the points he's talking about this. I'm talking about, you know, you get 3% cash back. Those are the credit cards I like. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't travel a lot, so... And there are credit cards that do give you points just for using them. I'm a, I like the cash back. Give me something back that I can, that means something to me. And when I say know your points, for example, I know uh, Discover Card, right? It's one of my, I think it was the first credit card I ever got. Um, I, I've been, I'm looking at it right now. It says member since 1993. So I've had it for a while. Know what they give you back. So, Discover every few months they have a, a rolling sort of plan of, well, you go to a grocery store, you get 3% cash back. Gas is 2%. All, all these different things. And you sign, you have to sign up for them on their on your, uh, app. And you can use that as another financial tool. So I'm always, I always look in there, okay, new reward, what is it? And then I make note of what to use that card for. Again, it could be grocery shopping, it could be gasoline, it, it could be anything like that. So uh, that's one comment there. Any thoughts on that? Paul? No, I, I love the approach. Um, I was I was jotting some notes down when you were talking, and and, and I think I'm along the same lines. Um, I my my oldest credit card is 1992, and I God, think that's me, my huh? that's my Amex. But I think you're right. That's a good call out in terms of expiration of points. Um, the cards I have now don't expire, or at least they don't expire anymore. I think I had a, I have a Mastercard that was expi- was expiring points on me, so I had to watch that. So that's a great call out and a great tip to make sure you know your points, know how they're structured, know how they work, and I love the approach that you take. One of the things we've said on past podcast episodes, especially around credit cards, is treating a credit card like a chainsaw. It's a great tool for the right job. But if you're not careful, you'll slice your legs off, right? So I think yeah. you put it eloquently to say, <laughs> you know, if you if you're have the discipline to use the credit card in a safe manner where you're maximizing your point value or your cash back while minimizing or actually no interest being paid, it's a huge win. The credit card companies count on the fact that People collect the points, but they don't pay their balances every month. So that's what they're relying on. So I think we're we're part of that minority. I think the majority of people are, are carrying balances where we know not to carry balances. And we've been preaching that since the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. And there's one other point, that one other weird thing I do with my credit cards. Um, you might laugh at me. I don't know. Maybe the audience will as well. But know the closing date of your credit card and use that as a tool. And... What I mean by that is maybe for everyday purchases, it, it's not as much of a, an issue. But if it's maybe a little bit bigger purchase, uh, you're going to put on a credit card. Well, maybe there is no difference in cash back between your cards for this purchase. But if today is, say, what is say? Today's the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. Okay. So today's the 23rd. I like to know the closing date of all my credit cards. So I actually write on my credit cards with a Sharpie the day of the month that the card closes. Hmm. And I do that because, well, maybe, you know, I, I always pay them off every month, but I'm 
I'm always watching my numbers. And if it's going to be maybe a little bit tighter month and this is a more expensive thing, you know, like, uh, I hate that. And I'll never not pay off the credit card. I'll look at, well, the closing date versus today's date. And maybe I'll put it on a card that just closed. So this means I have that extra time to pay it off because I know next month, say, I'll be fine. So it's a little lever you have that's in your tool chest to know the closing date of those cards. Uh, personally, um, I love cash, but this is a tool I've been adopting for a while. Yeah, that's a great call out. I love that. And and so that's what I love about these little tips. I, I've never thought to do that. I have a different approach to, to paying off the credit cards. Um, I get the bill and I treat it like nuclear waste and I want to get it out of my possession and I want to get that balance paid as soon as possible. So, um, but I agree with your approach. I think that's great that you know when the timing is and that could give you some cushion. Um, and I guess my tip would be, I try to, as soon as I get the bill, I pay it and I pay it electronically. And I used to use checks when checks used to be a thing. Um, and I just try to just get it out of my site as soon as I get it. Um, because I don't want to risk any of the, I did have an issue once, which we, we did a credit card podcast a long time ago and I talked about this story where the the credit card company I sent the payment on time and I guess because of the mail or because of whatever circumstance they didn't get it in time Mm. and they charged me $25 and I told this story where long story short I was on the call with them fighting with them I had a speaker phone at the time the phone was on speaker and I actually uh, pulled a pair of scissors out and I cut the card and let the chips f- hit the speaker. And I said, I'm done. I'll pay the 25 bucks, but I'm done. You could close my account. Right. And, and, and I still get massive mailings from them every, every month, right? <laughs> like they still want me back. But, uh, but no, I think this is a, this is something we could probably revisit in a whole separate podcast. It's talking about credit cards and, and strategies on how to use them. So that's something we should probably, um, do a full, full podcast on at some point i think i think we'll jump to the next story which is the uh it's from the york news times and it's five easy ways to save more in retirement in 2021 so this is sort of just a generic article um to kind of talk about and this definitely ties to uh the new year's resolutions right so maxing out your employer match taking advantage of catch-up contributions, automate your savings if you want to save more More is one of your goals, um, make sure you're investing aggressively, and then the last one that they talk about is aim to save just 1% more. I, I guess my takeaway on this is the incremental increase is okay, but if anyone has listened to the podcast with any regularity, um, I believe in just full max out your 401k contributions um, to the max. Right and get it. Take advantage of that full tax advantage um, benefit. One of the few that we still get as working uh, folk um, to maximize your retirement savings. So, Paul, what was your take on this article? So, Paul, I'm a, I'm a very similar mindset on you, but again, there are two schools of thought on this. Um, one is around the 401k and the match. I, I certainly advocate maxing that out if you can financially and um there, there are a couple of things uh i spent probably a little too much time thinking about this one but the leveraging what your employer does you absolutely want to do the minimum to get the max out of the employee otherwise you're throwing money away just clearly you're not accepting money you're saying no thank you so definitely advocate that for that now what's interesting is Depending on your situation, right? If you can maximize the withdrawal earlier in the calendar year, right? If you get that money into the market sooner, that means it's working for you sooner. Sometimes, depending on your situation, you spread it out maybe over the whole year. And that's fine too, as long as you're putting the money in there. But if you can front load that, so maybe instead of, you know, putting away 10% or 20%, whatever you can do, maybe you can up that and get that into those accounts sooner to start taking advantage of it. Again, it also depends on how the market's doing and what your your tolerance for risk is. I mean, more is going in sooner. 
So that's a, that's one of my thoughts on that one. And then the other was, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Uh, know where you, where do you think you're going to be later in life too? Because there are different types of tools. So it's not just the 401ks. It's also you know there are Roth IRAs out there and things like that. So you have to really look at your overall picture. But absolutely take advantage of the uh, employee match. Yep, uh, great call out, and, and totally agree. Uh, that that is the key. And I like front loading the money earlier in the year. I, I think for me, I just pick the percentage. I and that's another thing is just do the math, right? To make sure that when you're maxing out, you want to do the math to make sure you are taking advantage, full advantage of the full contribution that you can take, uh, depending on you know what you, where you are in terms of your income. Uh, but also do the math to make sure you're not make sure you're still eating <laughs> and you're not putting yeah. all your money into retirement if uh, you can't pay your bills, right? So there's this balance that has to be taken into account. And that's something I look at each and every year, right? I, you know, and that goes back into the financial resolutions is trying to figure out, you know, some of these tasks that you might do in January, kind of a January punch list where you talk about uh, rebalancing por- your portfolio and your retirement, stuff like that. So I think with that, We'll jump into the weekly topic because I think we're here is the New Year's resolution. What resolutions work best for you and how to accomplish sticking to them? I think for me, Paul, you know, once again, Happy New Year. Um, I think it's uh, great. Uh, We're in 2021, hopefully onwards and upwards. Um, My resolutions that I've been looking at, I I need to focus not only financially but physically. Um, I've I've let myself go a, a little bit in terms of the physically fit. Um, I think the COVID has has impacted. I, I think some people it's had the you know for most people in COVID they're working out more, and I found in COVID I'm working out less, and I I don't know why that is. Right, I, I go against the grain on that, um, and then you know so that's for another podcast. But financially, um, in in January I typically reflect on, you know, what do I have to get done for the year. I start preparing my tax paperwork. That's ritualistic, where I start looking and gathering all my paperwork, and I usually pick a Saturday, which is coming up. Um, I think I'm going to try to do it either later today or next weekend, where I pull my tax folder out, and I start spreading it out, and I start organizing and grouping um, forms together and to make sure I have everything, all my ducks in a row. So, um, Paul, what, what do you do in terms of New Year's resolutions? I'm interested to hear, have, have you been ritualistic in, in, in picking them? Or what, what's been your take when it comes to resolutions in the new year? So, yeah, a couple of thoughts on that. One, um, it, it's really funny hearing you, how you prepare for your taxes. I, I actually do something similar. I kind of lay it all out. And I have an accountant who does them for me. Uh, I do them on the side, but and then yeah, I give them to him. He does them. I kind of make sure things tick and tie. Uh, again, knowing he's the expert, and that's what I pay him for because he's an expert. Uh, but I group the same things together. Okay, incomes go here. You know, mortgage or things like that go here. Dividend investment things go here. So all these piles, I actually create a spreadsheet of it all. So that's one ritualistic thing I, I do do. Um, so th- this one I was thinking about. And I started doing this ritual a couple of years ago. And some of it's even more pertinent now. And one is, you know, I was looking at an article here about the 10 New Year's resolutions. One of them I thought was interesting was the subscriptions. This is mine. I added a number 11 to this list here. When I say subscriptions, this is how companies make money now. A lot of companies. They don't want you just to buy their product. It's a subscription service. And what do we know about subscriptions? They don't end during eternity. (laughs) Very sticky. They they stick. Right. And it's brilliant from a business perspective. For us as consumers, you have to really evaluate those subscriptions that you are using. So I think that's a great New Year's resolution to look at those subscriptions and are you still getting that value out of them? And if not, maybe it's time to cancel. I actually canceled two. Um, Unfortunately, one of them had already hit the uh, account for the annual renewal, so I'm a little bummed. Hmm. But I'll I'll still have that for this year, but I know that next year it doesn't auto-renew. 
that's a great call out. Yeah, uh, annual subscription review um, in January, you know, top of mind. That's a great New Year's resolution-y type thing, if that's a word, resolution-y, to, <laughs> to take a look at. Um, one of the other ones I think we, we wanted to talk about is saving more. Um, so um, depending on where you are in terms of your career or your situation, it's always good to try to save a little more and make that a, a formal resolution. We have a whole podcast in the library uh, focused on pay yourself first. Um, and that's kind of the mantra that we I've been preaching uh, for a very long time. Everyone has a different mantra to do. And if you want to listen to my pay yourself first story, there's a great story behind it with uh, Grandpa Vitti. And you have to look at the archives for that podcast. But Paul, what's your take when it comes to saving more? Is that something that's top of mind when it comes to the new year? Yeah, I don't... I don't know if it's just a new year resolution for me. I'm, I'm always looking at it. So, you know, the credit card bills, when they come in, I go through them line by line. I, I kind of know what we're spending, what we're looking at. And if I see something that I've never seen before or exorbitantly high, I'll ask my wife, you know, did you do something like that? And, and yeah, it is. But occasionally I, I actually caught something, I want to say the October time frame, where we had some fraud happening on the account. Actually, it, was, oh, it wasn't even October, it was close to November, early December. So instead of just paying off the bill, right? And they were small little things. They were a couple dollars. And that's how some of our fraudsters get you. So um, I guess my other one would be around the financial vigilance, but I'm always trying to save more. I don't think that's a New Year's resolution for me. Got it, got it. Yeah, for others, I, I think, you're right. I think for me, it's kind of innate that I'm able to, I kind of have my rituals around saving and, and the way I do it every paycheck. I, I kind of still do that methodology of pay yourself first. And I do that every paycheck. I figure out, you know, I get my paycheck and then I take a certain amount and I transfer it out of my checking into a savings account at another bank. And, and I sort of look forward to doing that every pay period. So that's something that people, you know, might um, like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority in that. I, I, I get more pleasure out of taking that money and putting it into a separate bank account than going into, you know, uh, a website and ordering some stuff, right? So I, I think that for me, I'd rather put the money away. Um, another thing that I usually think of, and, and I'm guilty of not doing more with it, um, is, is, is will and estate planning. I think for people who don't have a will or, or, or plan, uh, especially if they have minor children, uh, I think they're remiss in not doing it. And I think uh, the new year is a, is a great time. If you don't have anything in place, go do it. For me, I have all that stuff in place, but it's a, it's a little bit dated. I the last time I touched the will and the and looked at the estate plan uh, was when we first did it, and and things have changed a bit with the kids being older and 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 different things going on. So I do need to revisit that and. I swear, Paul, that I've attempted to revisit that several times and just never got it over the goal line to make those edits, right, to make those changes. So that's something that I'm jotting down on my uh, my, my notepad here, and I have to, for myself, um, is look at the wills again. So what's your take when it comes to that? Is that something that where you kind of take a look at your, um, you know, you kind of take a, a snapshot look at, you know, your, your estate plan? Is that a New Year's resolution that you follow, or is that just something that's kind of um, uh, not so much a New Year's resolution? So every year, every January, um, I look at all the various accounts I have. So whether it be my bride and, and her, you know, over the years, her organization has changed the 401ks or whatever else they call them uh, so that if she has a couple different ones I have you know where I am today versus all my other old 401ks I combine together so I create a overarching financial picture a lot of that's focused on the retirement but I also look at you know the percentages I have coming out for each account to make sure I'm maximizing them. Can I tweak them? How can I look at things differently? I think you and I talked, um, you know, about when you hit 
50, you're allowed to do catch up money and, you know, leveraging that. So that's a big thing I do as far as the overall, you know, will and estate stuff. I haven't touched that in a long time. Uh, both my kids are over 18 now, so it's probably something I should revisit and I haven't done it, but, um, that's a fair point. Maybe I'll put that on a list. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think for the general population, uh, do as, do as we say, not as we do, because obviously we've both been remiss (laughs) in that resolution, but they're important documents to have in place. And if you don't have one, make that a new year's resolution to, to get those paperwork in place or get it updated in the case of myself and, and Paul, um, the next one I had uh, was top of mind was create a budget. So uh, we've talked about this in the podcast, uh, past podcasts, when Jody was still doing the podcast. Um, he, he manages his budgets at the micro level. I manage at the macro level. Um, I did do a refresh, uh, which I hadn't touched my financial family spreadsheet in a while. And I did do it the other day so i did do it in january i tried it i was doing it obsessively every week for a very long time and i stopped doing that and i was doing it more on an ad hoc basis but then i found i hadn't been doing it that often so i did use january as an opportunity to kind of reset the clock and taking a look at my spreadsheet at least on a monthly basis and what i mean by that is I have a ritual where I will sit down with an espresso or a cup of coffee. I open the spreadsheet on one side of my monitor. I have a web, I have the web browser on the other side of the monitor, and I just go methodically account by account, and I look at the balances, and I look at the balances and update them into the spreadsheet, and then the the the, the first tab in the spreadsheet cascades um, those data points through the rest of the tabs of the spreadsheet. So I have a um, how am I doing uh, tab in there, which takes my assets minus my liabilities and gives me my f- retirement funding forecast and, and stuff like that. So it's just something I want to do more of. But if you don't have a budget in place going into 2021, uh, I think you might want to have one. Uh, things are still going to be rocky going into 2021. Um, I think, will they be as bad as 2020? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But but I think if you don't have a budget, update, uh, create a budget. And if you have a budget, make sure it's up to date. Paul, what's your take when it comes to budgeting? So I, I am like you. It's a much more of a macro level. Um, you know, what are the big, big things in and out? You know, uh, and I do have a budget. I, I do look at things, you know. Some of my expenses are, are different. We all have different expenses, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. but and I look at it, and I'm not looking at it just for the year. I'm looking at kind of like you. Okay, well, how does this impact me over time? You know, do I need to do anything from a car point of view, or do I, do I forecast or see anything bigger this year? And what is my um, my emergency pool? So I, I kind of look at my financial picture, my cash balances, and my emergency pool is X amount, okay, whatever that is. And you can have to look at that emergency pool from a couple different things. Is it a big expense or is it like job-related? And so you have to have that number and how long are you good with that emergency pool. And then I try and take the other caches or anything and work on my investment strategy. So that's day to day, month to month. I'm really, really pretty consistent with the exception of maybe the holiday season. I love that financial resolution. Um, I never thought of it that way. And you just it's perfect. It's, you know, that start of your planning, looking at the events that are going to take place in your life or potential events or risks or issues, whatever that is over the next 12 to 18 months and planning ahead. Um, if you have weddings coming up, if you have kids going to college, if, you know, pending divorce, um, <laughs> whatever, right? <laughs> like you want to take a look at uh, all these different things, right? And and at the beginning of the year and kind of plan those events out. You touched upon something else there, which I, I don't think we had in our notes, but creation and maintenance of the emergency fund, right? So if you don't have an emergency fund, that's a great New Year's resolution. It ties to saving more, but it is a bit different. Um, to having those three to six to 12 months of expenses in cash 
And that's another exercise in itself where you're looking at what does it cost? You know, everyone's definition of an emergency fund may be drastically different, right? So, yeah. uh, so fundamentally, some people view it as strictly, I need enough money to just sustain as opposed to I need enough money to maintain my lifestyle versus I need to maintain my lifestyle plus if the roof goes, right? If the central air goes, right? You know, first world problems, right? Thankful and grateful, hashtag, once again, I have sure. central air. I have a roof that I have the ability to re-roof if I needed it, if it leaked. So I get all that. But these are the kind of things that you want to take into account. I, personally, when it comes to the emergency fund, um, I like to have as much in there as, as possible. I don't think it's ever enough, but most people and financial experts will tell you that you definitely want to cap your emergency fund. You want to yeah. figure out what those expenses are and only have a certain amount of money in cash and the rest would go into whatever other financial vehicles. But Paul, what's your take when it comes to the emergency fund and that as a New Year's resolution? Uh, Paul, it's, it's really echoing a lot of what you said. You know, I, I have one and I do do it from a um, managing expenses. How long can I go if, say, you know, something happens, right? Uh, one of us maybe have, you know, career change or job change or something like that. And I do the math. Okay, well, if one does, well, here's what the impact will be. If the other one does, here's what the impact will be. And I plan out, you know, going maybe a year or so and the impact of that. And that year or so is generally without too many major changes but there were certain things that would certainly, I'd be like, yeah, stop. And that's, again, back to some of the subscription stuff as well. Yeah, okay, not doing that anymore unless it's already paid for. Uh, kind of my take on that, Paul. Very cool, very cool. And and the next one is sort of financially related, not financially related, is is health and wellness and losing weight. Losing weight's usually, that's like the biggest New Year's resolution. But I think it's beyond that. I think it's the healthy lifestyle. Weight loss is part of that. Uh, but exercise, eating well, uh, those types of things, which we did a whole podcast at one point on health and financials, right? If you're healthy and you maintain a healthy lifestyle, it should equate in less sick days, less trips to the doctor, less healthcare expense. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to it when it comes to health, wellness, fitness. Um, for me, like I said at the, I think at the top of the podcast, um, I need to get back on track a little bit when it comes to uh, the health and wellness. I think my eating habits are fine. I think it's my exercise that I need to work on at this point. I used to diligently work out each and every day, and maybe then I'm going to shame myself here on the podcast. I don't do that every day now. Um, I need to get that back on track. Um, and I went through all the niceties to get myself back on track. I got myself an Apple Watch to help me with running, and and I used Wait, you it spent once. Money on an Apple Watch? I have the Apple Watch. I, I bought the. Wow. Uh, that was a whole podcast in itself. Um, you know, in terms of um, figuring out which one to get. And I, I knew, you know, based on my use case and what I wanted to do with it, I wanted to be able to run uh, without a phone and I wanted to be able to be uh, to track my runs and stuff like that. But I went through all this rigmarole. I spent more time researching the watch than actually running. So one of my New Year's resolutions is to start running again um, and exercising more. I'm not a huge runner, but um, I would like to make you know make a goal to run at least a couple of times a week in the winter and then boost that when spring and summer comes and fall comes when it's more tolerable right now i look this morning it's like 32 degrees here on the east coast and in new york and i'm like i'm not running today right i'm not i'm not that into it right so i could jump on uh my exercise bike right there's different ways to do it and i've been remiss in doing that the other thing that ties to wellness i, I love to do yoga i haven't done that in a while I was used to go religiously every Sunday to a yoga class. Um, I haven't done that in a while. So these are the kind of things that I'm writing once again on my list. I have the update the lawyers and the will, and I have to yoga exercise, right? That I have to get back on track with those types of things. Um, Paul, this is the most common probably New Year's resolution is, is losing weight or, or weight loss or fitness and wellness. Um, and doing better habits around there, and it does tie to financial. Any thoughts on, on that? A healthy lifestyle is uh, the best thing for you. 
right? It, it, it lets you be here more. And that's what's what's great about focusing on that. And it, yeah, of course it ties to financial. And if some healthy lifestyle is, you know, pairing down what you eat as well as exercising, it does have that tie to, to finances and things like that. And maybe you're, not, you're putting a little less in your uh, health spending account or something because you're healthier. I don't know. But it, the mental health aspect of it is um, is really important. And I really firmly believe that understanding your finances. Now, notice I didn't say having everything, all your ducks in a row, right? And like, oh, I'm great. No, understanding the ins and the outs of the money and setting your goals and looking at your budget, that is a big thing on mental health and, and, and being attuned to that. And if you're in a good state of mind, a lot of other things will flow through. You can get on that bike. You can go for that run. You can just be happier about yourself. And that just makes everything better. And finance and money, we know, we all know this, it's, it's the biggest strain out there, right? Everyone is always worried about the money. Get your numbers in order. Understand them. Again, it doesn't have to be uh, a neurotic thing, but know the ins, the outs, and prepare and plan for yourself and do what you can. And it doesn't mean maybe that means you're not going to max out your 401k this year because of the financial situation out there and the, the mess we're in right now with uh, this horrible COVID thing. But as long as you have yourself planned, that's a resolution. And that will help you be a better person mentally and uh, make you more whole. That's my Sorry, little soapbox stick no, down that, on that. Th that's incredible insight, right? I'm jotting that down feverishly. And what came to my mind was peace of mind, right? So if yeah. you can understand your financials, um, you'll have peace of mind. I, I think that you're 100% correct. And, and reflecting on that, um, the words kind of jumped out at me because I've lived my life in such a way that I've, I've, I think I've always understood my financial picture. I always know where I stand. Good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always known where I where I stood, and I think having that knowledge, and to your point, knowing where you stand, you know, uh, plays in big with mental wellness, right? So to your point, now we've talked about this on other podcasts. I know I'm plugging back podcasts, but we had a money and marriage episode, and and they'll tell you, you know, that a big cause, number one cause of divorce, or or at least top money. three, it's always money, is money. Right? Always money. So that being said, um, I think it's great that that call out is there to to make sure that um, when you're doing your financial picture, knowing your numbers, have a strong understanding of them and working to remediate anything that's in there that you find and, and, and constantly honing your financial picture over time is important. And I think it gives you great peace of mind. So a great call out on that. Um, I think that the other thing is we've talked about the common or maybe not so common financial resolutions, um, but another aspect is is the how. How are you sticking to your resolutions? And I have uh, a couple of things top of mind that, that come to me, Paul, is, is lists. I'm a big lists person. So when it comes to resolutions, and it's funny because this was a topic that's top of mind, um, there's certain endeavors that I've been putting off or I've kind of lit, put on the side that now I want to start, you know, putting a list, my list together of what do I need to accomplish to meet some of those goals? And one of them, when I know we've talked about it is, you know, the podcast, right? How can we improve on the podcast, right? I have certain things for work that I think I need certain certifications and training. So that's another thing on my list. And I have to sort of plan that out. Um, and then looking at some of these other these other pieces in the house, whether it's with the kids and stuff like that. So I'm a big list builder. Um, what's your view on lists and how do you stick to your resolutions, Paul? Do you use lists as part of that mechanism? So, um, no, I don't use lists. Uh, maybe my list is a mental list. Uh, writing it down, to me, sometimes, it, and this is probably wrong, but it, it looks like such a burden to me sometimes because my list 
is so long of all these things I want to do. And that could just be me that I want to do this, I want to do this. And there, there, there are so many balls in the air. And a lot of them are self-inflicted. Like, you know, I, I can make this better. I can make that better. And so sometimes the lists are, are counter to me. And they actually um, drive almost anxiety, right? I, I, get, I get worked up with the list. So I look at it. I try and keep it from a macro point of view of, okay, I want to get X done. And that's in my head. I, I don't get to define details of some of those lists because I... Uh, I'll just end up with uh, paralysis on some of these things. So I look at it from that point of view. I, I have to go down the rabbit hole on this because oh boy, th this is very insightful, right? Because I want to hear more about it. So can you take me through a weekend? So you don't have a list like going into the weekend. So how do you – you know you have to get a certain amount of things done. And and I, I'm I'm and the reason why I'm asking this, Paul, because I'm fascinated. You hit something on the head because I'm guilty of, of having too many lists. And mm -hmm. what you're saying resonates. So how do you handle, like, what's a life, you know, what's a real life example of, like, what a weekend looks like for you? So you know you got to get certain things done or, or whatever. So how do you approach it? I, I just look at the, the big rocks that I want to get done. Um, so right now, we were talking at the beginning of this podcast about you're getting all your tax stuff ready, right? And mm -hmm. that's probably something you're going to do this weekend. That's on my list. It's something to do. I know I'm not doing it this weekend. I know I'm not doing it next weekend. I'm probably not going to do that till middle, maybe close to the end of February. And, and here's why. Um, I know that anyone that has to send out a tax, tax document has to send it out by January 31st. Today's January 23rd. Mm -hmm. So I am not going to get everything I need. So I'm not going to spend my time, my anxiety, or you know, going over this stuff that drives me nuts. Right now, they, as they come in, they go into a folder. They go into a folder. I don't look at that folder until I know I have everything. Okay, so that's one thing. So you're you're looking at that this weekend. I'm looking at that in a month. Got it. So I, I look at it from sort of almost like what is due when. Okay, and then I back into how long it's going to take me to do that, and that's when I can start that item. Like I have to go to the firehouse and uh, look at our new truck and make sure everything is set up and done. Um, something I normally do on a Saturday morning, so I'm going to shift, and I'll probably do that maybe tomorrow morning. And it's all just blocks of time, blocks of time. I, I, that's how I look at it is where am I going to spend the time? What's the most, sometimes either pressing or most important to me? And those are two different things, pressing versus important to me. And you have to balance those. Pressing versus important. So from a time box or a timeline perspective, is that well, your, your... Yeah, so the timeline or, you know, okay, I have to get X done because we got to tell them what's wrong with the truck, say. Okay, so that's a pressing thing versus something that's important to me. You and I have been talking about uh, an idea we have, right? That's something I want to do, but I haven't spent enough time on it yet. You actually spent some time on it last weekend. And I feel guilty that you spent time on it and I didn't. So I was like, okay, I owe Paul some of my designs and thoughts on that. So that to me, that's important to me. So I'm going to bring that in from a timeline perspective. As you know, Paul, that's not pressing, right? There's no, the only pressure on that is self-inflicted. So, but it's important to me. So that's, I'll move up in the time box window for some time this weekend. Yeah. So when you look at a weekend, and I, yeah. I'll, I'll, so when you look <laughs> at a weekend, I'm just using this as an example. It could be a weekday or whatever. So you, you wake up in the morning, right? And you know that you have work, you have the house, you have the kids, you have all these things, right? So how do you know what to get done in that day. Maybe I'll just take it to the day level, right? So you wake up and, you know, there's a thousand things going on, which I know you have, right? So there might be 20 things at work, 20 things with the house, uh, whatever that is, the firehouse, you know, so you have all these things and, 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 and you're not listing them out. What's your approach to saying, okay, wake up today. How do you get through that day kind of without the lists? 
and and how do you how do you approach it? I'm I'm just I'm, I really am interested and in, and in, once again this could be a whole other podcast so Maybe. people who don't want to listen you could tune out but this is me <laughs> this is one on one with Paul and I really think this is valuable because I think everyone could benefit from the way you're thinking about this. Um, so how do you approach it? Then I'll leave it alone. <laughs> oh, I, it sounds like a, a mental health episode, which is actually wonderful. Oh, Jody's had plenty of those with me, right? He's been okay. my, 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 my psychiatrist, right, on, on many of these episodes. So, um, so yeah, be, beware. This happens. So um, we're going down the rabbit hole deep. But I really am interested in, in how do you approach the day. So you know you have a thousand things that have to get done today, four or five right. different things, you know, whether it's the work, job, all those things. How do you approach it? So first I look at what's scheduled. So is something scheduled for a specific time? Like our podcast is scheduled. Okay. And then after that I go through, okay, what other things do I want to get done? And then what are things I want to do in a daylight versus things I can do at night? Okay. So for example, the fire truck, that's something I want to do in a daylight. So I can pull the truck out, put it on the ramp and look at it in the daylight without flashlights and or overhead lighting. That's something I want to do during the day hours. The other item that you and I are working on, that's something I could do at night, sitting next to my bride on the couch and, you know, doing it that way. So uh, I, I look at it as just shifts of time and also how much how much energy is it going to take from me? And it's not necessarily always physical energy. It is, you know, what is my uh, capacity to do that? Am I in the right state of mind to do that? And again, if it's a pressing thing that that gets brought in because of the somewhat you know, self-inflicted anxiety on someone, I'm like, I got to get this done. But everything else, I just try and put into when I can get it done. And, and there's actually a reason why I, I do it like this, Paul. Um, and this sound, might sound strange. It really might. And I'll, I'll go out there again if you want to uh, tune out. That's cool. But life is too damn short okay you have to put the things in that matter most and that, that's really it um as a uh, former emt you know i've seen enough stuff paul right as, as being a fireman for many years now i've been scared for my life because i'm coming out of a basement in a drill even it's a drill fire in a full working fire basement drill and I'm taking the my step out and I'm running out of air, right? So I was scared. I was in a fire, doing a search in a um, structure fire, possible homeless people inside, and I saw flames shooting up from the floor underneath me. Right? I've done the CPR. I, so I look at everything else as superfluous. Everything is superfluous. First world problems. Okay, family, friends are first to me. That's it. That's it. If I have a financial, catastrophic financial issue, I'll sell my house. I'll go to a smaller house. I'll go to an apartment. I don't care. The car gets banged up. Everyone's okay. Eh, I don't give a shit. It's a car. Who cares? And that's how I try and look at things. What? really matters most and that's how things get prioritized uh, that that's amazing i could keep going but i, I won't but thank you i'm going to definitely <laughs> listen back several times <laughs> i might chop I'm, this snippet out in my editing if i went off on no 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 this there. is this is i'm getting a chill because it was incredible right like i i um once again i've had these types of moments on the on the podcast and i think it's brilliant so anyone who wants to hear about prioritization and getting things done I think you put it great. So I'm going to listen back at that. Like, in fact, I had written down like what my takeaways were today and we'll jump into those. Um, they originally were look at my subscriptions and, 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 and now I'm thinking, wow, like that outshadowed. So I'm going to just listen back. My, uh, my takeaway today is I'm going to listen to how you prioritize things. Cause I could take a lesson there. Um, so though that was my takeaway, any, any recap or any, any top of mind thoughts before we close? Yeah, so I, I do have one. Actually, it's funny, Paul, on a subscription topic, and that is email. Um, email, just like the telephone, was invented as a convenience tool, a way to share ideas and information and thoughts. What email has become is just this, this mass marketing tool that floods you. 
and it ties into subscriptions. I actually have it as a bullet point A under subscriptions in my notes. And what I want people to do is look at all their emails and unsubscribe from the things you know you're not reading, right? And sometimes that might be, oh, they, they, they're going to have a sale and I, I, I want to make sure I know. But are you really looking at them, right? Because those are direct, pinpointed, precision, accurate advertisements to you. And you're getting them, oh, look at that, that's a cool new saw, or maybe that's a, or, you know, one of the hobby stores is having a great sale on picture frames or something. And maybe you need a picture frame, okay. Is that really going to change your life? Maybe it will, right? But look at those subscriptions, because when you're seeing all these ads coming into you constantly, now I, I have a theory that it does cause anxiety. And it causes it in two ways, like, oh, I want that, I want that. You have to be honest with yourself. Do you need that? Or is it just because it's a shiny new object? Okay. And two, the, some of it is anxiety around, you know, all, all these things coming in, all these great deals. I'm missing out on something. Folks, you're not. You're not, right? So, again, as I said a few minutes ago, right, my, my, my family is the single most important thing to me. And spending as much time with them and doing things with them as I possibly can. And everything else is really superfluous. Very cool. So that's my take on that. I tied them all together there for you. Very well said. No, and and I think it all ties to the financials as well, right? Because, you know, uh, unsubscribing and and, and making sure you're not falling for those shiny new objects. And that will will definitely save you some money as well. So I think that's all a great call out. So I think with that, Paul, um, we'll we'll close. I I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today. And I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Paul reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.